Hello and welcome to the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. As you know, we are facing extreme censorship alongside many other truth seekers out there. If you want to support this show, go over to mattbelair.com, sign up for the email list, become a member for exclusive and censorship-free content by donation or for free, and most importantly, consider doing three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today, we have two incredible guests for you, my friends, Dr. Bear Paul Lando and Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan. Welcome, guys. Great to see you again. Hey, thanks for being uh, having us here, Matt. Matt, I want to just thank you so much for introducing me with Dr. Bear. It has been a life-changing friendship and mentorship. I've learned so much from Dr. Bear. And of course, I continue to learn so much from you. And so much has happened since a year ago. And I'm like almost in tears with gratitude to be in this gathering in your presence with like-minded friends and family. It's just so awesome to be here. Ah, thank you, Dr. E. Well, so kind. Well, I, I, you know, I met Dr. Bear um, from Mike Winter reaching out and saying, hey, like, you know, this, this uh, guy hasn't been on any podcast yet. You should get him on. And so Bear was like, I think I was his first podcast. And one of my favorite things is, you know, I'm a, I'm a seeker of knowledge. You know, I have my expertise and it takes a lot of time and dedication to develop that. Right. And then you only know a little bit of a little bit. And so when I'm talking to Dr. Bear, I'm like, Holy smokes, this guy knows his stuff. And then I talk to Dr. E and I'm like, Holy smokes, this woman knows her stuff and is doing extraordinary things. And so when I can connect them together, it's like, you two need to talk because those are your fields of expertise and you're doing incredible things. And so I feel like that's how we all grow when we all evolve. So it's, uh, you know, I'm so glad that you guys are connected and, we did a show about a year ago and so much stuff has happened and it's been a wild ride. So I guess I'll kind of open it up and just say, you know, what are some of the challenges that you faced in this last year, but what are some of the beautiful things uh, that you've experienced and some of the solutions that you're seeing? Dr. E, I'll let you take it away. Okay. Um, well, I'm sure most of your audience members can relate to this. Just, just like a, First of all, starting with getting clear about germ theory versus terrain theory. And, and this has been a really wonderful educational journey to clarify that because the, the situation of the world has forced us to really get clear. And those of us that are truth seekers, we've been deeply motivated to do a lot of research. We've read dozens of books and you know watched thousands of hours of interviews with experts who have a more elegant, mature and nuanced understanding of health, of life of the nature of reality. So it's just been like, we've gotten master's degrees or PhD degrees and all this stuff this year. I just feel honestly so much smarter, don't you, this year than you were a year ago? And add to that because of the pressure cooker situation of what's going on in the planet, it has forced, it's like a time code got unlocked and has forced all of us like-minded friends and family and truth seekers to 
come out of the woodworks and find each other. And it's been the most joyful reunion, like this feeling of, hey, oh my goodness, you're into all this weird stuff too. And you've been exploring it for decades too. I can't believe it. We love the same stuff and I'm not the only weirdo I know anymore. And so because of the, it's kind of like they say, um, the pressure makes the diamonds. The pressure has caused all of us to shine so much brighter and to work together to collaborate and the friendships and the collaborations, even the business relationships have been so deeply heartful and authentic. And so as strange as it is to say, when the world is falling apart, I feel deeply grateful for all the gifts that, that has unfolded out of the intensity of these situations. Beautiful, Dr. E. And with the chimes behind you, it's, it's lovely. Dr. Bear, what are you thinking? We know you got a time delay, so I'll kind of keep that in mind to let you kind of chime in. Okay. Yeah, I'm on a satellite because we don't have any power or cell towers or any of that kind of stuff around here. Um, Dr. E, you know, I, I just echo everything right back at you. You know, it's been such a delight to know you and, and, and Matt. And, and, you know, Dr. E uh, came up here to... Uh, to the farm. I don't know if you're aware of that, Matt. I think you are. And uh, it was right, you know, before our harvest. And uh, this year we're expanding quite a bit. You have to come up and see us again. You'll won't recognize the place again. So um, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, Edith came up here, uh, you know, with the family, uh, got to see where we're at a little bit. You know, um, I, I never thought that I'd be out doing podcasts and things. And, and yeah, Matt, you're right. You're the first one. So I, I have everything to blame on you here. And when you and Mike <laughs> said, hey, why don't you get on there? I said, no freaking way. I don't know how to talk into a microphone. And, uh, you know, I spent my whole life being under the radar because, uh, you know, I had to because of the kind of work I did. But um, yeah, what I see in the world uh, now is, you know, it's no surprise. Um, I have a few years on you guys. So we, I was traveling in circles where we were understanding from very reputable sources that this is exactly where we're headed. We knew to the year that there would be events. I'm going to, I'm going to be careful choosing my words here because I don't know if you, you know, are still wanting to stay on YouTube. So I don't want to be the, the reason why you're taking off, yeah, but no, uh, you know, really, we it's, it's a, it's a, it's inevitable. So I'm trying to stay out as long as I can. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're on uh, we're on our second naughty strike, and one more, and we're out. Which I could care. In fact, I feel slighted that they haven't taken us off completely yet. I and mean, we might be we're probably doing something wrong. But you know what I see is um, you know again no surprises. We were calling all this, and you know we were doing offshore events with uh, you know very notable folks uh, drawing in several thousand people at a time, uh, trying to educate them from everything from the Federal Reserve banking system that, you know, is responsible for creating a slave plantation in the first place and all the way up to, uh, you know, what constitutes real medicine and the fact that it doesn't work the way, you know, we're taught in medical school. So, you know, the blessing for me is that, okay, it's actually happening. You know, a lot of us had wished that we could avoid this, but we realized it's part of the process. And, you know, in old alchemy, um, which is real science. There's a three-step process. You take something apart, you purify the parts, and then you put them together, you know, back into a unified whole with a, an elevation of the consciousness of the whole unit, whether it's a person, an herb, or whatever you're working with. 
And uh, a lot of us, myself especially, and I've been railing for years about the reductionist system of science and uh, the fact that it's led us into this maze, uh, never ending maze of losing the, you know, the forest through the trees. But what this reductionist science has done, even though it's led us into the superstition of materialism, as Deepak Chopra very rightfully, you know, uh, uh, describes it, is it's, um, you know, taking the parts apart of everything to its extreme. And now a lot of people will keep going down into that materialistic road, and that's certainly a, a, a choice. But what they've, in fact, the, the predators amongst us, whatever, however you want to describe these creatures that are trying to control the planet right now, they've achieved the first alchemical step for us. And the second part, of course, is for those of us that choose a different option is to sit back and say, okay, now we're in the purification process. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, everything in my life, uh, you know, and, and all of my affairs that don't work in the new model of reality where we're really headed, not what they're telling us about, is uh, doesn't work anymore. So it's forcing those of us that want to have a conscious journey to go through a purification process. And now we're putting the pieces back together into another whole unified system. And of course, we're talking about the unification of science, of agriculture, of, of uh, medicine, and you know uh, our educational system, uh, or the way we do commerce, so that it's a seamless, conscious, whole win-win for everybody. We're not talking about some kind of communistic utopia, but a place where everybody as, at the soul level is able to realize, you know, the whole reason why they have an avatar in this game in the first place. And uh, so we're all extending ourselves uh, those freedoms, uh, you know, to be self-realized, but at the same time, building something together, very special, which is ushering in right now, unbeknownst to most people that are watching television, we're entering at this moment, the greatest renaissance this planet has ever witnessed. So that's my opening statement. That's what I'm getting out of all this. I love that. Dr. E, you got a comment? Yeah. You know, when I, um, when I go into nature and meditate, often I just, um, get, messages of love and encouragement from Pachamama, Gaia, whatever term, she doesn't care what you call her. So she keeps saying, look, all of this apparent mess is just um, the, her, her frequency pattern is shifting. And so there's a natural cleansing and detox that has to happen. And so she keeps reminding me, just, just stay in harmony with my rhythms and everything will sort itself out. And so a lot of, I love that Bear just, just reminded us that all the things that don't work anymore, we could have a choice of like a lot of struggle and strife to fight against trying to hang on to the old paradigm that didn't work anymore anyway, <laughs> you know, or just go with the flow of this new reality that we're moving towards. So the, it's the, the choice, there's no choice in terms of where the planet and the cosmic energies are going, but we have a choice of how much we want to have a lot of strife and struggle and pain and suffering in the transitional process. That's where the choice is, in my opinion. Yeah, I love all that. And there's so much there. It's, it is, 
interesting that there is a collective challenge or trauma going on and so many people that I've had on the show that uh, transformed their life, that an awakening process or something like that, they went through some sort of trauma or challenge. A lot of the time it was illness. And I know that you guys are doctors and you, you work on these kinds of things. And, you know, Bear particularly had to be uh, low key because he's working with a lot of cancer patients and then they were getting better. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, oh, like, is there a quote unquote cure? You can't say that because it's supposed to be this and this. But what I love about the the medical teaching and the medical understanding is that we are starting to remember that we can heal the body when we put it back into a harmonic state. And that's with, uh, you know, terrain theory. It just makes way more sense. And like Dr. E said, I put like five, 600 hours of research on, you know, I, I, would, I didn't care about germ theory versus terrain theory or all the crap that I was researching. I just had to know my eyes are hurting and I'm just like, I learned so much because I was in the pressure cooker and I can, now I can explain it to you and, and make it make sense. But then I can say, hey, these two can take you a step further. This is what you need to know about this, right? And it, and the nice thing is it always comes back to empowerment. It always comes back to you being and holding the power for your situation. And so now as this world is in this process, um, we're choosing to kind of hold on to what doesn't work. And then also too, a lot of that process comes with a little bit of uh, maybe ignorance or just you're not conscious of, of the effect you're having. You're not choosing it. You're just going along because. You're just going to this job because. You're just doing this thing because. Um, and then when, when it gets thrown up in your face, you're like, why am I doing this? Is what I'm doing creating a positive effect? You know, is what I'm doing uh, in harmony with myself and my own values and the families for my and the values of my friends and my culture, or am I just doing this for a paycheck? And we're all um, experiencing a very challenging time in so many different ways. And one thing I'd love to touch on is uh, what you guys see about moving forward and getting out of fear, because I know a lot of people are quote unquote waiting, waking up and they become aware of the Rockefellers. They start to look at the, uh, the vaccines and see, Oh, Whoa, these things aren't what they told us they were right. It's like, Holy smokes. Like what? Wait, by definition, this is gene therapy. Wait, what? You know what I mean? It's like something is not adding up and then they, they put it together and they're like, Oh my goodness, that's some terrifying stuff. And it is, um, and then the wonderful thing and something I've kind of been transitioning to, I'm looking at the enemy and they exist and I know they're there and you guys know this too, but then we opt out and I've been kind of saying it's like jujitsu and martial arts. If you don't know what I'm doing, um, then I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you in an arm bar. I'm going to punch you in the face because I'm going to do a little trick and, and mask it and then get you. And that's how all this works is through deception. But once you peel back the deception, you step back into your power and your own choice to move forward, then you align with the greater power, nature, the cosmos, spirit, God, and the universe. And now we're talking about things about like supernatural healing, where I think, um, you know, Bear would say it's putting the body back into alignment. You take out all the toxins, right? And then all of a sudden, the body, you know, empowers itself as it's made to do. Um, and then we can look into these new futuristic technologies. You know, Dr. E's got the chimes behind her. Bear, you've been talking about waveform mechanics, which I don't even understand what you're saying, but I trust you and I think it's a good thing. And, and Walter Russell and all that kind of stuff that I, I've kind of dabbled in. I'm like, okay, this looks amazing and nuts, but I don't understand it. And so I'd love for you guys to kind of speak on a little bit of how to overcome the fear for when people kind of wake up. Because you need to understand that there's a danger, right? Right now we see like, okay, if you do this, there's a very 
high potential of harm and risk if you make that choice of going and getting it and, and not educating yourself. But on the other side, once you say no and opt out, you can move into this more empowered state of understanding and knowledge and then finding other people who want to do that as well. And just one thing I'm going to state, because I think I'm going to state it in every single podcast, people want to be helpful. I think intrinsically, 90% of people are good people. And if you're confused, that's when you can get manipulated. When you're in fear, that's when you can get manipulated because you're on emotions. And I think Dr. E will kind of touch on that a little bit. Um, but if you want to know if you're causing harm, uh, Rudolf Steiner said anything that seeks to restrict or bind by definition is Luciferian. So if you are trying to help, but that help means you have to bind or restrict someone else in their choice, that might not be helpful. You have to allow them to exist and to try what they think and believe and get their own results as long as it's not infringing on you. And that doesn't count in some sort of theory where, you know, you know, this virus is going to hunt you down from miles away. You have the choice to stay at home or wear a hazmat suit if that's what your belief is and you probably would if you were that afraid but that other person needs to be able to move and navigate in their own way as well so that's a lot of uh jargon and i'll throw it back to uh we'll give it to dr e first what do you think of all that if you want to talk on some of the emotions because also i'll just you know dr e and i did a podcast you know you've been exploring the limits of human potential on your podcast you know you've been going in um, these dark, you did the darkroom training. You've been exploring it and experiencing some amazing things. And so I feel like once we get through this catalyst, that's going to be a more natural way of being, which I think is, uh, you know, just what we're made to do without all these limiting factors of all the crap that we're taking in through not understanding our food and our diet and things like that. Wow, this is a deep question. <laughs> the The first thought that came to mind is when I was in dark room or, you know, a lot of other um, spiritual retreats or, or challenges that I've purposefully put myself in to give myself an initiation, right? Like doing, even doing an Ironman triathlon or, you know, different athletic challenges. It's like, yeah, it's not convenient, <laughs> you know, but there's a part of you that on a soul level, you feel like, what am I here for? What did I come? I waited however many millennia to get one of these incarnations, this precious, sacred vehicle to come here to experience this beautiful, magical wonderland. Let's take maximum advantage of it. So while I'm here, what am I going to do to take maximum advantage? I'm going to do some Ironman triathlons. I'm going to do some spiritual retreats. I'm going to put myself through certain initiations so I can learn and grow and alchemize and and discover the nature of this beautiful reality. And so because our society doesn't have these initiations baked in, those of us that are truth seekers, we intuit that we need these things, right? There's a certain moment in time you're like, I really need to go into ceremony or go into a deep meditation retreat or do silent stillness time just like digital detox, spend tons of time in nature and just be with myself and allow all my fears and all my worries and do inquiry and let all of that percolate and process it. That is, in my opinion, essential on the human journey. But we live in a society that doesn't understand that essential nature. 
And so what happens is that all this, like these uh, unquestioned thoughts and fears and emotions, we don't know what to do with it. And so at a certain moment, society-wide, that has to percolate up. And that's what's happening. And so those of us that have done some of this inner work have gone on prolonged spiritual retreats, have done ceremony or have had some initiations. Now we get to just hold space. And how do you hold space? I think a lot of your audience members know about that, right? By not interjecting, by just saying, yes, go ahead, feel all of your fears. It's all right. I'm here to just be with you I don't buy into your fears because I've already done that inner work. And I love you unconditionally. I know that at the end of all of this big hot mess, you'll come out stronger, wiser, more awakened, more bright, more illuminated. And so those of us that are truth seekers that are just a little bit further on that journey, I think we can give some compassion to our um, brothers and sisters that are just maybe a few years down the line, you know, they, they'll catch up. So just trusting that without just, you know, what you said about Rudolf Steiner is so powerful because those of us that see ourselves as quote unquote more awake, sometimes we want to restrict and bind the other ones that aren't quite there yet. And so you're doing exactly what that which you're condoning, right? So just it's really nuanced right now. It's like, you're a truth seeker, you're learning and growing. And there's a temptation to be like, hey, la, 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 this is the truth, this is the truth. Don't you see, don't you see? It's like, be careful because then you're doing exactly the thing that you're saying people shouldn't do. I love that. Well, I just had uh, Amanda Vollmer on and Dr. E, you were talking about this as well is you're seeing all these incredible people come out of the woodworks. You know, Ali Zach is another amazing person who has come out of the woodworks and, and, you know, it's just exploded out of nowhere because she speaks with truth and resonance, you know, and, and honesty and compassion and experience. And then you've got uh, Dr. David Martin. Now Dr. Bear is starting to blow up a little bit, you know, Dr. E is starting to blow up a little bit, which is good because these are people that have uh, integrity over time. You know what I mean? That's how you look, you're not a person and you're getting this information, you look at integrity over time. Have they committed to putting out positive and meaningful output to the world through a duration? Or are they just, you know, out there just trying to, you know, get a buck or get ahead like kind of the politician world? And uh, yeah, what Amanda Vollmer said is she's like, when I woke up, she's like, I was probably the most annoying woke person you've ever met. And I just wouldn't shut up about anything, which is amazing um, and hilarious. But you can plant seeds, but it ultimately has to be their choice. You know what I mean? And if they're not ready, then they're not ready. So um, Dr. Bear, do you want to uh, chime in on that? Yeah, I, I think the the big thing is is fear, you know, and Dr. E was hitting on that a little bit. Um, you know, I began by saying it's not that big of a thing what's going on right now for some of us that have been aware of these things for a long time. But the most important thing is we've had the ability, those of us that, you know, have been on this path for a while, of uh, we've had the ability to accommodate ourselves over time. You know, whenever you go through an emotional uh, intensity, say with a partner or something and something goes awry, and uh, you, you have a, you know, a predictable path that you go, you, you, you go through all the emotions and the emotions you learn in hindsight are actually like a musical scale. 
So, um, you know, all the fears and the angers, the angst and all the things that I used to go through, like, a long time ago, when I was learning the truth about all these people that were doing these horrible things to other people, and how could they possibly do that? You know, you you do work yourself out of it, you come out the other end, uh, eventually, and you say, Okay, well, what are we going to do about it? Uh, I have a choice, I can stay down there in the dumps where they want me to be, you know, because I'm easy to manipulate when I'm in that state of mind, and that's in that frequency, or I can, you know, lead my life completely different and maybe even make a difference in other people's lives. So um, the, the problem we have is a lot of people now with the massive exposure that's happening on every level, people are waking up in droves, but they're having to do, you know, it's like tomorrow's the final exams and they have to go through all of the, the stages of accommodation that I went through over decades in a matter of months. Now that would suck. It really would. But that's that's a position a lot of people are finding themselves in. You know, even in old Catholicism, you know, I grew up in an old Latin Catholic, uh, you know, kind of culture uh, from a different country. And in Catholicism, they always talk about the end times, you know, Armageddon and all that. But Armageddon actually means new beginnings, uh, unbeknownst to most people. And of course, it's not the end of time time. It's the end of the concept of time, which is just a construct, which means we are going to be creators in a moment. But that's another whole cool discussion. discussion. So they talk about uh, uh, concepts like purgatory. Purgatory is a place where, well, you've been bad, but you know, uh, not bad enough to go to hell. So you're going to, you know, at the end times, the people that kind of make amends at that point are going to go through intense uh, concentrated suffering so that they can be ready to, you know, go through the race of consciousness, uh, you know, but they put it in Catholicism terms. But the point I'm trying to make is that that's what people are going through right now. They're going through an intense purgatory, which is, you know, they got to turn up the heat uh, you know, uh, to the limits just so they can go through that purification process I'm talking about and, you know, get on board for where we're really going here. So I'm glad that I've done some homework right along and uh, not waited till the night before the exam. But, you know, everybody that decides is going to make it. Uh, you guys have talked about Steiner a little bit. I think there's a uh, a great reason why Steiner had the wisdom to, you know, in his whole Waldorf educational method of saying, okay, you don't put uh, little boys and girls in a classroom and get them all brainiac. You know, you, you, you let them, uh, you know, get in their bodies first and go through a natural process. And uh, that's why I feel like I'm in good company with you guys today. Cause I know you're all fellow jocks and, you know, I spent the, the first portion of my life just in sports and all that. And I think it was the best thing I could have done because when you have that opportunity to, you know, use your body, I look at it more as an avatar these days. It's not even real that, I mean, I'm convinced of it because I've just seen too much, but when you've actually grounded into your body to a point then you really can, you know, learn how to use it to transmute energy. And, you know, we've got this great central column of energy where all you have to do is use your mind and push your energy wherever you want. And you know this uh, from the martial arts map. <clears throat> you know, when you're in the heat of battle, you know, you want to keep centered. You don't want to be spinning out anywhere. But you learn how to do that moment by moment. 
and keep your energy in a certain place. And then all those things that, you know, all of us, are, they just literally transmute when your attention is keeping your energy in a certain part of your body, because those lower toxic emotions and fears and things can't possibly exist when you have, you know, learn how to uh, control your energy and keep it in the most beneficial place. So, um, yeah, I, I guess that's 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 all I've got for that one. But please go ahead, Doctor. You want to make a comment? Yeah, one of the biggest gifts of this this period of time, and is it it has clarified so profoundly for me the need for a completely different educational paradigm. And so I'm just every day taking notes, like, wow, okay. So I'm, I'm looking at the situations of the world and what is the deeper root cause level of these manifestations? I'm always looking at what's underneath that and underneath that and underneath that. And how can we cultivate a different humanity? And what does it look like? You know, I've got two young children. What does it look like in my upbringing of them? How can I help them, support them? and cultivating that awareness of their true nature as infinite cosmic beings that came here on planet earth with the gift of this beautiful sacred vehicle and how do you take maximum advantage of it so how do we take um how does that upbringing and educational journey look like what kind of physicality practices do we have and um and then in terms of i know dr bear and mike winter they just did a trivium and quadrivium podcast recently on their channel like how do you how do you think and how do you know truth and also energy awareness how does how do you stay centered and grounded when the messy energy is out there right to not be easily perturbed by all the external energies all these kinds of things like the, the energetic awareness the intuitive awareness the spiritual awareness the ability to discern truth these are the most profoundly important skills to be a human, especially right now. And I think I'm grateful that the intensity of the world is making us very clear that those are the important skills that we need. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I love all that. And I can confirm from my life the importance and the power of understanding my body you know, in using my body and pushing that through martial arts, because, um, you know, in martial arts, you talk about mind, body, spirit, and that's, you know, something that I was like, okay, we got to cultivate these things, you know, one will assist the other. And one of the things I learned a, lot, a long time ago was the body is the, the easiest, you know, tame the body first, force it, then it's the mind, and then the spirit actually is the result. And in doing cold training, which I absolutely hate, I'm Canadian and I don't like the cold at all. And I just see Wim Hof doing it. I'm like, crap, now I have to do that because I try the things. I go out, I don't care what stupid protocol it is within reason, and it could be smart. I'm gonna go do that to see if it makes sense. Okay, if you meditate for 10 hours a day for two months, this is the result. Okay, now I'm in Australia meditating all day, every day, seeing what it does, you know what I mean? And so now we got this guy out there and he's doing these amazing things in cold and immediately I go, crap, now I'm gonna have to go do that and I don't want to. And so, and so, you know, I start doing the process of doing it. And immediately I was like, oh, this is a, such an amazing hack for somebody who's done no spiritual training because you go in the cold and the first thing that your mind says or your body tells your mind to get out. Your body says, get out. What are you doing 
in the freezing cold. So then your mind has to tell your body, no, <laughs> which is a ridiculous conversation. And so then it's almost this spiritual element of, of, of like your, your mind tells your body what to do. And Dr. Joe, Joe Dispenza has a really great definition of, uh, uh, shoot. What is it? Habits, not habits. What, what's, what's a habit that you can't control? Uh, an addiction. There you go. <laughs> he goes, addiction is when the mind controls the body or the body. No, when the body becomes the mind. There we go. I haven't used that for. So you don't want to smoke, but the body grabs a cigarette and it smokes. You know, you don't want to go get that terrible food, but the body goes and gets it. And so what this does is it's a very real and immediate training session. And when you overcome that, and then you and you begin to practice you begin to move forward you're like oh interesting i am more powerful and you know you've got all these different experiences that get you in touch with uh nature and god and spirit which transcends the physical material form and any spiritual training will say you need to go beyond material because it's going to deceive you it's going to manipulate you it's going to entice you but you are so much more than that you know where you came from what you made what you're made of who you truly are transcends this entire realm and you can connect with that nature and force and it's almost like everything in the world right now is um you know if you go into the dark rabbit hole and know it it's people don't want to think about it but it's like a satanic system in the sense of deception in the sense of illusion right in the sense of ease and pacification that's what one of my native american teachers would say is like almost all of your world is to pacify you. You're, you're watching the television. It's all zoning out. It's not engaging. And if you look at our culture, we're being very pacified through uh, sports and through our foods, right? It, it makes us uh, sleepy. And I was reminded of this uh, quote from uh, uh, 30 Rock and, and Liz Lemon is doing something and she's like, oh yeah, this relationship isn't good for her. She's like, yeah, it makes me feel, I uh, um, can't remember what she says. It's like, uh, numb makes me feel numb and lethargic or whatever and she goes through all these things and and the girl goes to like Liz that's how they describe uh, freezing to death and so it's almost like we're the frog in the water going towards these things and through sport and through understanding our body we realize that sometimes we need to do what's uncomfortable to change to get a result in our physical body, sometimes it's uncomfortable. It's not comfortable to sit in meditation for an hour. It's not comfortable to try to run a freaking marathon or do a triathlon like Dr. E did. Like, that's nuts. I ran 13 miles and my legs killed and I'm kind of athletic. So um, we need to kind of engage in this process a little bit to to connect with our spirit. And I guess, uh, you know, if you guys want to comment on that, I was going to go a different route, but I ended up going there. How do we engage with our spirit or truth? Like, and understand the truth, uh, in, in an age of, of such deceit and such deception. Dr. E, uh, <laughs> you want me to go or you want to go? Well, uh, please you go. I have some thoughts too, but I'd like to go after you. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot there. Um, yeah, my first experience with the cold therapy was back in football days where you got an injury and they put you in the cold tank. And, you know, back then uh, you, you try to uh, deny that you were injured so you didn't have to go into the cold tank. I mean, you literally go into these big aluminum vats and just pure ice. So, but after a while you actually accommodate and then you realize that, you know, by the time I was uh, more at advanced levels of ball, 
um, you know, you realize it helps you recover, helps you do all these, uh, you know, cool things. But, you know, back to sports in general, it really is a transcendent experience uh, as far as I'm concerned, because you train yourself so intensely at that level that you you get into those moments. And, and what's really special, you get into those moments with other people where you're all in the zone together and you just have all this magic happening. So there there is a reason, I think, you know, we're in physical bodies. And, um, y- you know, I think just kind of going into more of the general spiritual topic, um, for myself, it's important to have a... Um, just a reconciliation between my right and left halves. You know, early on, I had some experiences very young and I had a few in a row that I couldn't explain. And um, they they weren't logical. They're just out of the realm of what anybody could tell me. And I wouldn't dare mention things to certain people. Otherwise, they'd think I was crazy. But, um, you know, it kind of left me very different. So even though I was, you know, more in mainstream sports and academics and everything, I always had that side that wanted to know. And the reason why I got into, uh, uh, you know, waveform mechanics and Walter Russell, it's which is actually a very simple science, by the way. The only thing that's difficult about it is, is it challenges everything we think to be true. But in my earlier studies, you know, where I gravitated more into Ayurvedics and Asian medicine and all these other, uh, you know, practices and disciplines, martial arts from other parts of the world is because they incorporated that understanding that there's more to us than just this physical self. But, and, and, you know, again, that was intuitive to me, but I still had this problem going on with my brain that's saying, yeah, but how, how, and because all the things that I learned up to that point were taught to me in cultural metaphors from cultures that were very foreign. Uh, you know, and they might be very meaningful for somebody who grew up in that time period in that place in Asia or something. But here I am in my Western brain trying to make sense out of things. Well, Walter Russell completely demystifies everything. And that's what we need to do, I think, is we need to demystify. First off, let's stop using the term spiritual, because when you understand the truth, there's nothing that's not spiritual. Um, you can take the most mundane experience or the most dense physical substance. That's very spiritual because it all comes from waveforms. And as you learn in Walter Russell's uh, understanding that this is a thought-based universe, thoughts and emotions are things. And in fact, they're the only things that can create electricity that are polarized and then register on our senses to give us this whole simulation in the first place, which by the way, folks, it's easy to see through with a little practice. Um, now, all of a sudden, my, my brain actually had, you know, the ability to explain, you know, what my heart already knew. And it's like, okay, that makes sense. And, and now I'm not at war with myself when I'm, you know, talking to folks about spirit or if I'm talking to my old buddies, you know, like I was this morning on the phone before the show, we're talking about some Olympic lifting techniques and stuff. It's all the same stuff. And, you know, you can't separate the parts and you understand that we are the only sentient beings on this particular plane capable of producing self-realization through thought. We're the only ones that can qualify that thought with an emotional uh, in 
intensity that's going to give things the velocity to pop in the matrix in the first place. So what we really, I think, need to do is understand that these are things. We're the only ones that can create these things. And I would defy anybody to explain to me how a building or anything else that you can freaking think of gets there in the first place unless somebody didn't think it up, you know? So, um, you know, that's where we're at. And we really have to uh, understand we've been completely inverted and, you know, shown ourselves a mirror image of what's really going on. And with that, of course, comes a great responsibility because, uh, you know, when you really start to wrap your mind around this stuff and then you find yourself just cruising through the day with garbage going through your brain, garbage in, garbage out, there's no way to get around it. Uh, you know, you start saying, you know, I have a little bit of a responsibility because I'm all that stuff is creating things. It's rippling out into other, you know, electrical vectors that are coming out of other people's consciousness and it's creating uh, you know, a collective. And I don't want to be any more part of a critical mass that's actually taking us down, creating misery, all the problems that we can think of, you know, uh, at the end of every day, what, you know, I think each of us should do is have a little, like an accounting sheet, you know, both sides of the ledgers where you say, okay, how many, <laughs> how many, uh, you know, little goodies do I have on this side versus that side? And if you're on more of the side of just, uh, you know, superstition, and all the lower toxic things, then you might as well be a barnacle on a ship. You know, it's, it's just you're part of the problem. So we really need to take responsibility and understand how things work. Dr. E, that was, that was amazing. Oh, I, I wrote wow. down, uh, yeah, that was amazing, Bear. Uh, I wrote down, uh, we are the only sentient beings who can qualify thoughts with emotions to create them in the matrix. Like, that's ridiculous. I love it. So Dr. B, please, uh, Dr. E, please follow up. So um, about the discerning of truth, what I love is that the cards are really actually stacked in our favor because working with patients and clients and people that come to my classes and workshops, they start out their journey by saying, you know, I don't want all this stress and tension or I don't want to have to be suffering and bogged down by this chronic illness anymore. So it turns them into a seeker. It turns them, the secret is actually, truth recognition is actually a bodily experience in my own experience, right? So when you get deeply as a student of body awareness, then a lot of um, wisdom gets unlocked. You start to understand the nature of reality through working with your own body. So a very simple exercise that I guide people to do, people that are totally like not woo woo and not, you know, like they're just like accountants and they have no so-called spiritual practice, but they're interested in getting healthier. They come to my workshops and I say, okay, scan your body from head to toe and just get aware of how the energy feels, where's the tension. And then we speak something that is truthful, kind and harmonious. Like I might say, my name is Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan. I am here, or I'm a kind and loving human being. And then you feel how that feels. It resonates a certain way, right? So I'm a big fan of direct experience instead of philosophy, because once people have that direct experience, then they'll be interested in researching and learning and backfilling all the details through the analytical understanding. But first, let's give them the experience. So I guide people in this really simple practice. 
say something that's truthful and harmonious and then say something that is an outright lie like my name is john doe and i'm um arsonist and axe murderer or something like that right just say it but but actually say it as if it was true try to say it say it a few times and what does that feel like in your body and people will say oh heebies jeebies and i feel a knot in my stomach i mean like i almost want to vomit i can't even say it as such like a, a non-truth right so that starts to calibrate people's truth I know this sounds really rudimentary, but this is where we got to start, right? You start to calibrate people's truth meters. It's like, see, your body is a trusty friend. Learn to work with it. It is like a lie detector test instrument. And so gradually you start to get more nuance. So I encourage people to read the news, for example, and just read the headline and then pause. What do you feel in your body as you read this headline? Is it possible your body is saying something is off about this, right? And then it gets more nuanced when sometimes you speak truth, but it's scary because it takes a lot of guts to hold your truth amidst a community of people that don't get it yet, right? But there's a different feeling. So gradually over time, it's not so binary, black and white, but there's nuance. Like where does that create tension or relaxation, different parts of your being? And people start to understand, wow, when I speak truth, even when it's scary, there is a deep heart and gut resonance that I feel. And so now we start tuning into that nuanced sensation and let that be your compass. And I feel really grateful because in 2003, as you guys know, I had an experience doing Qigong and I super blasted into the cosmos. I experienced myself the size of the entire cosmos as trillions of pieces of love and light. And it was so beautiful. It was this direct experience. It wasn't a philosophy, right? I directly experienced truth in a mega supernova kind of way. It was such a great gift because after that, that was a reference point for me. And something that is similar to that sensation, however small, that tingly feeling of, of well-being, of peace, of harmony, of truth within myself, I could just feel it. And so a lot of your audience members have had experiences like this. So it's really a blessing and a gift because now you, ha you have that as a calibration point. And from there, you can kind of refine your being to be able to discern more subtle layers of truth out of that. And, um, and then we are gifted with really a wonderful superpower. So we can't so easily be, um, you know, lied to or manipulated because of that. And so if you've had a gift like that, instead of arguing about technicalities of, of germs or whatever, I encourage you to speak with your friends and family or people that you coach, for example, to help them hone this skill so that they can discover truth within themselves. So instead of getting like stuck, wasting our energy, arguing so much about all these like, like do mass work, do they not work? Maybe that's not the best use of our energy. Maybe a better use of our energy is to help activate our friends and family in finding truth within themselves. Wow, Dr. E, I absolutely love all that. And and I feel like it's a re, it's simple, but remembering like somatic intelligence and a lot of our culture, I feel like the education system and different uh, 
external circumstances, we, we know intuitively what's right and wrong and we can kind of feel it in the body, but we're trained to disregard it. You know what I mean? Like if you go into the wrong part of town, you know, to the wrong side street or whatever, all of a sudden the body will kind of let you know. And one of the things I've heard before and I really love, it's like the body is the ultimate intelligence. The, the way that the body is designed and how it's made is the most advanced technology on the planet. And uh, it's an incredible thing. And so we need to cultivate that because the way the world is working and how many people operate, it's so much distraction, so much disconnection, so much artificial living with the screens. You know what I mean? It's just getting more and more artificial where we got to come back to what is real. And, you know, it's beautiful. You had that experience and I know bears had a few and I've had a few myself and it's this reminder of who and what you are and it goes beyond words there's no way you can come back with the words and explain what happened it's impossible because you don't know and and it's it's like uh i don't know trying to com communicate with a dolphin through the vibrational frequencies you just it's just not possible you can't do it but you know it's real and it's incredibly powerful and then i feel like after that it's like the um the work that's done, you know, how you integrate and how you follow that message and how you live in integrity. It's not always the easiest thing. And I think a lot of people out there in the spiritual realm or, um, you know, in these teachings, when they're trying to make a transition, they want to hold on to everything. Like they want to live their life purpose, right? But they don't want to give up the current job that they have or the nice things that they have or anything that they, any belief, any thought or any physical object, they're not willing to give up anything in order to transition to who they truly are you know it's like oh I, I want this i'll meditate if i get that mystical experience that you're talking about i'll detox my body and get healthy um you know once i get that thing first it's always like what can i get and we need to move in faith first so then god spirit the universe can then respond to us and one of my teachers that I had when I was younger and I call him a teacher because he had an experience that I can't explain. I've talked to it. I actually talk about it in my book. Um, one of the first people that I believed was like, whoa, you, you had that. And uh, so a long story short for him was that he wanted to know God in the universe and he was always kind of awake and aware and, and curious about big questions. And he said, you know, so the first thing I did was read uh, uh, over, I think he said 400 books in a year. He said, I read every single thing I could. I read every Bible, every spiritual book, everything I could. And after a year, I I didn't know. I, I wasn't any further. He's like, I gained some insights, but I did. I still didn't know. Like, what is going on here? So he goes, I decided to spend the rest of my life in meditation. And I was like, okay, so what did you do? And I was like, well, what do you mean? You know, you can't do that. And so he goes, well, he goes, I started meditating. And I said, well, how long? He goes, 20 hours a day. And I was like, holy crap. I was like, well, what did you meditate on? He goes, one with God. And I was like, holy smokes. So I was like, okay. And I go, what'd you eat? <laughs> what did you eat when you were doing that crazy bugger? Because <laughs> so, he had been, we were having conversations and, and I would ask him big questions. And he would just, you can feel it in your heart and soul. The guy knew what he was talking about. And he was awesome. He's like, I don't know, 5'10", he's built like a bodybuilder, like super thick. And, uh, you know, he's just like, that side note, I was like, 
man. He was like, you're huge. It's like, do you work out? He's like, yeah, I just wanted to see how strong I could get for no reason. He's like, it was dumbbell pressing like 200 pounds or something. He's just basically a square. It's, and it's the middle of winter too. And he comes over to my house with a fedora on and sun and sandals and shorts. And it's like minus 10. I'm like, dude, what are you wearing? And he just walks in and goes, I burn hot. And so he's like a regular person that I'm observing as like some sort of comical experience. And then we're having this discussion about him meditating, you know, 20 hours a day. And what he said multiple times is, I was never coming out. You can't fake it. You cannot fake the earnest and honest intent to connect with spirit, nature, and God, and however you view that. And so many, I, I think the biggest, like if you just have that, you don't need the right book. You don't need the right teacher. You don't need the right environment. It will all work out. You just have to then do something. Try anything that comes up. It is that earnest and honest intent. And so he had said that multiple times and it just so happened to be a hundred days of him meditating 20 hours a day, one with God, uh, that he felt like he was getting electrocuted. And he said, I didn't know if I was actually getting electrocuted because I'd just been meditating this whole time. Um, so he was like, I just got to surrender to it because there's nothing I can do anyway. And so that's, that's how he, you know, had his experience and he tried to put it into words, which you can't really do because it's beyond words. Um, and then he came out and he, he was living his life in a totally different way. And I said, uh, you know, what's the biggest difference from living in that way, the way, the way you were and the way you are now. And he just said, when I walk, I walk, when I drive, I drive, when I eat, I eat. And he goes, I was like, he's like, yeah, I had a choice to come back. So I decided to, and he's like, I wanted to experiment with what I had learned. And she goes, so I wanted to see if I could manifest a million dollars without doing anything. And he goes, it wasn't about the money because I have money and it's fine. He's like, it was just measurable object. So I wanted to be able to measure it. He's like, that's why. So he's like, in 10 days, I had manifested $220,000 and I stopped. And um, I didn't even go into how because I knew enough about how the universe works and all this different stuff. And I'd love to have your two cents on how you guys think that this happened. But when he told me what I, from all the stuff that I've read from the Bible, from spiritual teachings, from law of attraction, I think is legit. Um, you know, um, parts of it, because I think some of it is a little bit, it's not as authentic um, or, or truthful, like it's just distorted a little. So ask and it is given. It is the Bible, right? And, and all the spiritual teachers say ask and it is given. Okay, great. So you ask for the thing um, and we're going to disregard like having it being meaningful because money is like a debt currency. Usually you want something more meaningful, but I think it's just an experiment you want to run. So he goes, okay, universe, uh, God, I'll take a million dollars. So he drops in that desire, like a boulder of what that is. Now that boulder gets splashed in, let's say this infinite lake, and that those ripples of the request go out into the universe, just kind of like the art behind me, right? Now, what happens is the second we make the request is everybody then immediately drops 100 pounds, the equal and opposite weight of doubt. It says, universe, I would like to live my life purpose and provide for my family. Okay, great. And then you say that and immediately the body goes, oh, no, I don't know about that. Then immediately drops in a 100 pound boulder of the doubt, right? Then you go about your day and you have 70 to 90,000 thoughts that are mostly negative and repetitive. So all of this rain starts to come down and just drop and distort that original request to the universe, right? And so what happens is we put a request to the universe, we immediately doubt it with almost equal intensity, and then we just think all throughout the day. And what it seemed to me from what he said was that 
he made the request and let it go with no attachment to it coming, complete faith and expectation, and then didn't add even a ripple of a thought, didn't even start writing it down and didn't doubt it. And so the universe with its full infinite capabilities was able to respond to that request. And so if a person is listening to this, that what I've kind of come to and what I teach and share and resonate with is if we can get to that most authentic part of what you want, what's most important and valuable to you, how you would spend your time if you were retired and were financially free, if you always had $10 million in the bank and you had enough money, what do you spend your time? What do you learn? Who are you around? What environments are you in? How do you give back? And if we are requesting that with that same honesty and integrity and authenticity to the universe without doubting it, the universe, because it is cohesive and cooperative and it's who you are, is going to respond and support you in, in that intention. Who wants to respond to that one? <laughs> okay. Um, wow, I couldn't improve on anything either one of you said there. You had so many little good truth bombs between the two of you. Um, you know, I think where we've maybe been led astray a little bit, even in our so-called spiritual practices and all the gurus and experts, is we have a whole pile of shoulds and shouldn'ts and do's and don'ts, and it really couldn't be further from the truth. You know, long ago, uh, you know, in the early 80s, my wife and myself were reading all these new age books that were coming out at the time. And uh, we got to a point where we said, you know, we could probably write these books right now. And, you know, actually we need to do it to live it rather than just reading about it. That was kind of a big milestone. And, and then, you know, over the years, the same thing happened with meditation and all these practices where I was like super disciplined and four in the morning, you know, you're up and you're doing, and, you know, I just, in hindsight, you know, I've come to the point where that's not where it's at. That's just units of time things that I thought I needed to do to get something. And then um, if I didn't do it, I beat the crap out of myself for not doing it or falling off the wagon or whatever. So, you know, these days, my life is more of a, an internal conversation. And the conversation is with myself, basically. But, you know, with that other part uh, that we all have that's, you know, right above our head all the time coming down through our central column, which is, you know, from the causal body, just pure unadulterated light before it bends through the prism of all of our beliefs and emotions and everything else. So, you know, when you kind of go there and literally... You know, there's an old saying, uh, somebody great once said, he said, uh, what was it? I am the resurrection and the life. Um, you know, Walter Russell talks about this two-way hydraulic pump where your thoughts, you know, of things and without getting all into that again, but basically it compresses informational fields into a point that, you know, the resonance is such where it picks up on our sense or our senses pick up on it. Simultaneously, there's another uh, you know, the, the other half of the cycle that's radiating those informations back up to be purified and then, you know, to be recompressed and that, you know, creates every, every little frame of our movie here. And the point is, is that is um, the real creative cycle that only, you know, you and I are capable of putting into a, a effects. 
And when you realize that where all of that emanates from in the first place is from that higher causal body, that part that becomes uh, just as real as your arm or leg, you know, when you tune in enough. And when you get a little thought like, oh, I think, um, you know, I want to think about something more positive or something that's going to create what I want rather than, you know, mulling over, wringing my hands about some BS I just heard on the news or something. Um, you know, my conversation is, oh, thank you, because I realize that's the truth. All the other stuff is BS. And, you know, we can't possibly have a thought or even animate our avatar the next moment, you know, in this whole simulation in the first place without that energy coming in full time. So, you know, I think the, the point I'm trying to make is to more <clears throat> identify with that self you know, converse more with that self than we do with, you know, uh, listening to things out here or talking to other people. And just like Dr. Edith says, um, you know, you don't need a lot of information to know the truth. It's just going to resonate with you. And, you know, if we just kind of learn to like, whenever there's a decision or something, you know, we need to do just seeing how does that resonate rather than thinking about it, you know, that's what we have to train ourselves to do. That's why being a jock, I think, is kind of a good thing because we're used to being in our bodies in the first place. So, you know, we have all the tools. And Matt, like you said, you know, this is the greatest technology, our bodies in the universe. And that old saying that, you know, know yourself, know the universe. I mean, it's really true because we're literally every pattern that creates everything from interstellar space to, you know, right down to the, 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 you know, subatomic, it's all there. It's in us. We are the original technology and it's not a matter, you know, like we're on podcast all the time these days and people have me on because they want me to data dump about, you know, the truth about microbes and all that crap. And to be honest, I'm so bored of that stuff. Um, you know, we really need to get to what makes us tick. And I realized that I go on and I, you know, throw all this stuff and my experience and, you know, and with other great, brilliant doctors that, you know, are really research oriented. And, you know, the people that want to believe that are going to believe it. And the people that don't, it's going to go in one ear and out the other. You're going to attract all the trolls. And, you know, I'm wondering at this point, you know, what's the point of all this in the first place? What we really need to do is get back into what you guys are both talking about, you know, learn uh, to, you know, find your real self have a little talk with that person all the time. And it's not a matter of if you find yourself thinking or feeling garbage that you beat yourself up. You just, that realization, that moment that you go, why am I doing this internally? I know it's stupid. I know better. But rather than going into judgment, just saying, oh, thank you, because you couldn't have had that thought in the first place unless that other part of yourself was there resonating that in the first place. So, you know, we, we've got that 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 true guru, that guide, that teacher that's, you know, the real us that's with us all the time. It's just a matter of using our body as an instrument for what it was designed. Otherwise, what would be the point of having a body? I mean, that's why we're here. It's, it's to use it as, a, you know, just fine tune it as a mechanism to perceive resonance and then separate the resonance that we want that's going to create what we want. And, and that's the whole ball of wax. There's really nothing to think about. Wow. <laughs> so about resonance, I also 
would like to remind our audience, myself included, that that the the world out there they tried to trick us into focusing our energy on external manifestations. And I know I'm preaching to the choir with this with this audience, right? There's such a great reminder to come back to ourselves. And if all of this reality is built based on resonance fields, then what is the most powerful act of social activism we could be doing is to hold a state of being and emanate it. And through the law of resonance, like, like two tuning forks, you're like, bing, and then they're just like interact with you and bing, they spontaneously ignite into a different level of consciousness where understanding bioterrain medicine and Walter Russell stuff becomes natural excitements for them then you don't have to waste energy arguing about germs or mass or whatever anymore, right? So isn't that a more direct way to create social change by working on yourself? I know this sounds cheesy, but this is so important right now. All of us doing our inner work and emanating that field so that in the presence of that, other people spontaneously light up, you know? So, so to not let the world convince us that that's like, doing nothing you know it's like don't just sit there do something it's like well maybe go into inquiry within yourself do your inner work sit there and that is doing something right so um i had another thought that there was so many things that there said that i was like oh i wanted to follow up on that well um, think about it dr e because what i I'll throw this at you and maybe it'll come up. But what I what I wanted to reference once in the podcast is, um, is it true that in in the resonance world, the higher frequency, the lower one will will attune to the higher one? Is that a law or am I making that up in my own mind? Or is there anything like that, Bear, Dr. E, that exists? Or is that just something that I think? Well, I'll, I'll make it real quick, Edith. Um, <laughs> that's kind of a miss... Uh, conception in a way when you get into pure waveform mechanics the the real creative highest level of consciousness is pure stillness there is no resonance uh there is no frequency you know you can't have a frequency frequency is just a repetition a, you know cyclic repetition of waveforms that's all it is and you know when you're in a meditative state but you know you're still in the body where you're operating on frequencies actually when you get those longer less frequent waveforms, you know, um, you know, that's where you kind of go into, you know, more meditative states, but where we really need to be is in that place of, uh, you know, uh, of just pure stillness. But I use the same terminology because that's how we all relate. Well, higher frequency means higher consciousness, it's technically not true, but it, you know, it works for a conversation. And, uh, you know, the name of the game too, is they keep us in polarities. You're red or you're blue, you're right or you're left, you're with us or you're against us. And, and you know, again, we fail to realize the polarities are created from stillness. So, you know, that's that little conversation that I'm describing with myself. It's in from that place. It's not caught up in the polarities. So, um, you know, you can be more effective in using the polarities artistically to create balance and all the, the good things, you know, that they talked about in Asian medicine thousands of years ago. So sorry, Edith, go ahead. I remember what I was wanting to share that was inspired by both of what you guys were sharing before, which is, um, which is what really matters in life. 
early in my journey after my Qigong experience, I became a seeker. And a lot of what helped me was I did past life regression, hypnotherapy sessions. And I read some books about people with near-death experiences to kind of fill in the gap because I, I experienced the infinite stillness, complete contentment, and then to precipitate back into a physical form, there was some layers in between that I felt like I needed to fill in some gaps. Like how, how do you reconcile those states of being? You know, what really helped me was past life regression and studying what people experience with their NDEs. And so if you are anchoring your identity towards that aspect of life more and more, you realize, for example, I had, um, I had judgments about family members and some people that were behaving badly. And then I did some past life regressions where I experienced myself in lifetimes where I also behaved badly. And I had deep compassion and forgiveness for myself first in those sessions where I realized, wow, I understood that upbringing created a pattern of energy in that lifetime that naturally manifested in those actions. Those were the best choices I had in that lifetime. And I behaved in a certain way, I got a certain result. And when I died after that lifetime, when I went back into the non-physical world, there was much wisdom and much understanding. And that's why in this lifetime, that kind of life isn't interesting. That totally materialist, you know, control power paradigm is so boring and uninteresting to me but I can understand why somebody else needs to live a life to learn from those lessons. It's because I had the gift of learning from that. And so why would I deprive them of that same gift? I got here because I've also had some of those experiences. And with the NDEs that I hear people having, a lot of people have this life review, right? So at the, at the end of life, your life flash in front of your eyes, but instead of just seeing it like a movie, People report, like Damien Brinkley writes beautifully about this, reliving not just his own experience, but for example, he was, I think, a Vietnam War vet. So he had to kill someone in that job. And the person who he killed, he relived that person's death from that person's perspective. Then he relived the family members, the child. This guy was a dad the heartache of the child didn't know that his father was killed at war and all of this. And he had four NDEs and each time he relived all of the consequences of his life's action from the other people's perspective. Imagine that you actually live the experience of the ripple effects of your actions. When you come back from that experience, you're gonna be a lot more clean with your actions. So I don't know about manifesting millions of dollars, but I do, I would like to think that I want to have that as my compass, right? At the end of life, when I look back, will I have a beautiful NDE to feel like the actions that I did, maybe it's like however small, maybe it's just the way that I look somebody in the eye when I check out at the grocery store, that could have a profound effect, a profound ripple into this reality versus manifesting a million dollars. Like from that vantage point, maybe what is like a huge impact 
is completely different from what in this physical reality we consider valuable or huge or impactful, you know? So, so to reorient our sense of what is valuable, what is impactful in a different way. Yeah, yeah. 100%, Dr. Um, e. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Bear. No, I was just going to make a quick comment. You know, a long time ago, I, um, I got to know Danian a little bit and uh, Danian Brinkley. And, uh, you know, so I got a little bit of a personal download about his whole experience. But what I wanted to just add to that is he died a second time. Uh, you'll probably recall from his book, but he, he related, to me, uh, related it to me personally. And uh, he didn't want to come back. You know, he just says, once you're over there, no freaking way you want to come back here. And uh, they said, no, you have to go back. And uh, the reason they gave him is you haven't forgiven yourself. And he was, as he, in his own words, kind of a nasty piece of work in his youth and, and what he used to do in the military and everything. So uh, and, and he he talks about not just, you know, like killing people, but how every single thought that you projected as a judgment on somebody, even if it, it seems very subtle, you have to experience every single one of those that you put out there because again, thoughts are things and they have repercussions, consequences in wherever you're projecting it. And then you have to live through that every single bit of it in your life review. And he said, said, Barrett, when, when you do that life review and, and if you come back, you'll never again even have a judgment about anything. He says, you're cured forever. It's not going to happen. Did we just lose Edith? Maybe if she jumps back in, I'll, I'll pop her back in. Okay. But anyway, I just, I just wanted to share that. And, um, but, but sorry, go ahead, Matt. I cut you off there. No, that's all right. Yeah. I love that you brought that up. And I really enjoyed what Dr. E said, because when I was doing the, the whole law of attraction thing and manifestation thing, um, you know, one of the elements that didn't make any sense is they never were talking about any kind of heart-centered value-based attraction. People didn't know what they wanted. It was always about money and money just is a tool for freedom. And so, you know, it really doesn't have any value other than the fact that you can have a little bit of freedom to do those experiences. And so if you can use all of those tools, um, but get extremely clear on what, uh, what you want to create from a value sense, like it's always going to be around family and community and contribution. Then now you're using all of these tools uh, that are not going to harm or take for the environment. You know what I mean? Because a lot of our actions are going to cause harm inadvertently through just ignorance, you know, not knowing where they come from and just acquiring. And it's this very selfish nature. Um, but it's not selfish to want to expand, to have experience, to educate yourself, to uh, create uh, a good connection with family and loved ones and things like that. And so, you know, when we were talking about the resonance earlier and Dr. E said, the best thing you can do is hold your resonance. I love that because the way that I think about it, and this is what I'm trying to figure out with the waveform mechanics is that if the whole world were 400 pounds and out of shape, and then someone says, well, the best thing you can actually do is be in shape is just have a very strong physical body, then they're going to witness 
that and we know about mirror neurons but I'm, I think that there's probably some other elements as far as uh, waveform mechanics goes or, or the laws of vibration or things like that and so as you're moving out in the world and you are clean and mind and body and spirit that resonance is being felt in the field through your integration through your way of being and then that gives opportunity for other people to just see what that's like to know it's a possibility because just like if you're uh, 400 pounds and you're really out of shape and you feel low energy and you feel disconnected and you don't feel empowered um, it's just this little spark of possibility right it's just this little spark that you witness and it plants a seed to say you know what I am capable of that because I am witnessing it in my field I am now capable of this and so I really love that and the other concept that I've heard of before on the NDE experience because I think I've had four now at least four or five like just a stupid amount <laughs> so <laughs> so but they weren't always I went to the other side like sometimes it was like you know like a gun to my head like that's a does that count as a near-death experience maybe I don't know what do you guys think does it sure it does yeah. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. So I've had four or five. Then one of them was like stuck on the mountain cliff. One of them was snowboarding. It's just ridiculous. I gotta pay attention to what I'm doing. But <laughs> you know, I figured the universe is gonna take me what it wants. Um, we've um, got Doctor E's doing a glitch in the matrix now. We've got two of her simultaneously. Ooh, pretty impressive. Doctor Edith was <laughs> Doctor Edith was just by locating. Pretty yeah. impressive. <laughs> um, but the last thing that I wanted to say, and Dr. E was kind of talking about the manifestation thing. Um, if we come into this power of creating here uh, with the consciousness of a child or a teenager wanting to just acquire a bunch of stuff, I need a property here and land here and gold assets here and all of this kind of stuff. That's just selfish acquisition of material objects. It's not giving anything. So when we can get to a centered place of understanding ourselves, our connection with God, spirit, nature, and the universe, and then we create from there and say, spirit, can you help me You know, bring in this land so I can have a garden with clean food to learn about nutrition to provide for my family then now we're manifesting in alignment with who and what we are to grow for our own strength and our own capabilities and then we share that information with others and say you know here's some of the mental here's some of the spiritual here's some of the physical um, tools that I had used to create this in my harmony these, these are my learnings it's not like I will take uh, 10 million of these debt note currencies please and that basically gives you nothing right and over time as you spend them it's not really uh, giving anything it's about the experience and you can do that without the money nine times out of ten that's that's the manifestation process when we can be more direct with it we're going to get a better result so uh dr e do you want to chime in on that oh i'm sorry about the the glitch in the matrix i'm so happy to be back <laughs> What you're talking about is really this new reality we're stepping into where everything is about finding the win-win that nobody gets suppressed where when we work together we find the way where everybody is mutually supported and mutually beneficial in all the exchanges so that we're growing and exploring and expanding and learning and 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 building something beautiful together versus the old paradigm which is a zero-sum game it's like either i have it or you have it it's just like 
stupid. Let's 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 move on from that paradigm. It's just you know, like we. I I hope that we've learned enough from that to say, okay, you know, let's not play that game anymore. Let's play the beautiful win-win game. And a lot of the stuff with um, human sovereignty and voluntarism, you know, those those are just terms. But really, I really like the paradigm of the win-win to just always in all of our interactions and finger quotes transactions to find a way to do it where we always discover the win-win. I love that, Dr. Ian. And it kind of brings up for me um, intention. And I was having a good discussion with my friend, um, you know, a few months ago, because we were kind of on the same idea. And it's like, you know, he's like, well, why do you even try to create? Because like, why would you say the universe isn't perfect as it is? And I was like, oh, that's an interesting one. And he kind of, I was like, I thought about it. And I was like, well, the only thing we can know is our intention. And what you're doing is you're taking yourself out of the game as a creator. You're here to be a creator. Um, but there's this bigger thing that you need to surrender to. And so when I thought about consciousness and what the mind is, I was like, whether it's germ theory, terrain theory, mass work, mass don't work, uh, financial system, all the craziness, there's so much I can know 100% for sure. And one of those things is my intent. I can intend to help and to create a win-win and I might fail at that, but I know the intent was there. The likelihood of it succeeding in the win-win is, is greater and somebody might perceive that I wasn't doing that or whatever, but I can know with my intent and that goes back to the, the NDE thing of the thoughts and the judgments on people and all these different things. And so the more we can kind of clear ourselves out, um, that to me is what like the mind almost is, is like my clear intent. And I think it was uh, Jesus and the Essenes in that book, they would say the Essenes would intend uh, seven or 11 times per day. That would just became a, a part of their culture. So it's like I'm directing my my uh, consciousness and will. And I think it was Walter Russell that said something along the lines that uh, consciousness directed is the most powerful force in the universe. Um, so I wonder if you guys wanted to comment on that. And I want to be respectful of your time. So if you guys want to make a closing statement or if you want to uh, ask any questions, let me know because I'll talk to you guys all day. I'll just, it's just like, oh, okay. It's like another rabbit hole. It's like, what do you guys think about that? And that's a, it's a beautiful for me because I get to talk to my friends about important things. And, and you know, for people out there, just try to, yeah, that's the whole thing about the podcast is I just intend to talk about topics that I feel that are helpful, that can contribute to other people, that will help people have more peace, more empowerment, more connection with the greater spirit. And when I do that with uh, two beautiful people that I know are intending their lives in, in this way, it, it makes me feel good. And now, you know, Bear's out there farming. So he's uh, he's always got the his hands in the dirt in the real world. And it's an amazing thing. And Dr. E's doing some amazing work in health and wellness and education and podcasting and raising two kids and, you know, studying. And it's just, uh, we all have our part in this, you know what I mean? And, and I think we can't know everything, but we can intend, right? To grow as individuals. And with that growth and with that knowledge to share with whoever is inclined to learn from what we have, you know, to share in an honest way. So that's my my rant. So I'm curious what you guys think about the intentional aspect of what we can actually know in this plane. Well, intent is really all there is, uh, you know, before you have a thought or any kind of feeling about anything, you know, there's, or anything we could possibly desire to do, <clears throat> you know, we have an intent and a reason. So 
I think you know the biggest issue we have these days is people really don't know what they intend to do other than they're just doing what they think they're supposed to do. You know, you're talking about um, you know money and everything, and um, you know money is a way to quantify your experience, and and I relate to that totally. And a lot of people these days say you know, and they're railing against uh, one of the evil corporations, they say, oh, they're just, you know, out to make money. And well, not really, you know, the fact is, is they own the printing press. <laughs> they don't need money. And so it's for them, it's not about money. And for us, it's really was never about money either. You know, we were just led to believe that. And so, you know, if we, again, use this whole simulation as a way to, um, you know, have a, a feedback about what our intentions are and through those intentions, what we put into motion through our thoughts, you know, that's the real name of the game. And there's this kind of dance we do, you know, there's um, kind of new agey sort of beliefs that get into quantumness and, and all the, you know, kind of the new age speak. And the danger there, it's a fine line before you're just kind of in a very new agey passive kind of mode where you think you're just going to think and grow rich, you know, whereas in the reality, we're in the game. So you got to put in some elbow grease now and then. So, um, you know, that's one side of the coin. Then the other side of the coin is where you're just superstitiously thinking we're these material beings and that's all there is in the universe. So, you know, again, the, the, the whole thing I like to keep going back to is we're that center of stillness that's putting these forces into play. And the first time there's great things to understand, you know, in metaphysics and what we think of as conventional physics. But now, you know, there really has to be uh, a marriage of the two. And, you know, real science is about quantifying, you know, where we measure things. And say, you know, like your friend you're describing, Matt, that puts certain events into motion and makes a million bucks. That is a quantity. But then, you know, where we become whole people and where we develop whole sciences and whole technologies is where we uh, learn to measure the qualitative side of things. And, you know, Dr. Edith, you're talking about biogeometry with me earlier, and we have actually instruments that measure both quantity and quality, and they're both of equal import. So, you know, that's, that's where we're going these days. You know, I didn't finish my thought earlier. I was talking about that, that quote, you know, um, uh, I am the resurrection and the life. Well, you know, and I started to explain, you know, Walter Russell's schematic of the, <clears throat> the dual electronic pump. So when you're compressing those thought forms, you know, into our manifestation of what we realize around us, you know, that is the life. It's, it's coming from source into a compressed form so that we experience what we consider life within the simulation. Simultaneously, that's radiating back up, which is the radiation or the resurrection. So that's, you know, when the Nazarene made that statement, he was talking about real physics. Um, you know, it's, it's literally the, the two-way hydraulic pump that's under our direction. It's the printing press that each one of us owns. You know, we don't need money. We can manifest it in any number of ways and then have our experience and say, oh, that made me a boatload. Uh, that was interesting, you know, and you get to figure out how you did it. The cool thing is that, you know, 
when you go into that space where you are actually co-creator you're and, and less spend less and less time wringing your hands within you know the world of polarities your body reacts differently too you realize that okay all these things that we seek you know exercising a certain way um, eating a certain way, taking supplements and all the things that we think we need to do to get results in our physical body and our experience really have nothing to do with anything in the first place. You know, those are, again, all emanations from our same creative forces, but they are ways that allow us to have an experience. But what happens is, you know, I noticed this in sports a long time ago, you know, I was always real methodical and scientific about my training and, you know, say I'd be, you know, preseason and I'd have my program, I'd get it on paper and, you, you know, and then I'd follow it. And then I, you know, just go through these predictable phases. After a while, I noticed that all of a sudden my body started making changes before I even had time to implement what I had on paper. And I'd go into the gym or down the track or whatever. And I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't reach that point yet. I shouldn't be able to do this yet because I'm not in that phase of training. You know, the big light bulb came on and said, oh, it's my intention. You know, back to your question about intentions, Matt. And, and it's the same thing here. You know, it's not about taking the right antioxidants is when you're in that space, your body, because you're not in the polarities that create the friction and all the issues that we have in our bodies in the first place, you're in a different space. Your body doesn't even age the same way. You know, it, it's, it's just, it's a game changer. And that's why the thing that still confuses me is when we have all this knowledge available to each of us that tells us how things actually work and that things do in fact go top down like it does in any other thing in life right i mean it's it's pretty logical then why are we trying to reverse engineer everything from the ground up it it's it's kind of dumb but here you know all of us best doctors that go to all these great schools and you know, and all the gurus and, you know, we're, that's where we're, we're, you know, we're down here trying to figure out how to get back up there by doing the stuff that we put in motion in the first place. So it's kind of quizzical to me. Go ahead, Dr. E. That was amazing, Bear. Yeah, what you're saying is reminding me I'm observing our children and, um, and we have some other children in the community that we're starting to play with like blindfold perception and spoon bending and all, you know, I, I'm teaching some classes, consciousness classes for adults, but I also run a, a I hope it's okay, a small plug, a, a children's program called Luminous Kids. That's the title of my next book about how we're going to raise the next generation of humans to tap into the state of being naturally. And I have to say, I've been dealing with a lot of grief lately because I am having flashbacks of my own childhood, all that, that creative spark, that natural state of being where you naturally manifest beauty and excitement and, and you're, you're building stuff and it's like masterpieces coming, but it's like, oh, you know, that's too messy. Oh, you have to go to school. You got to sit down and shut up and clean your room and all of that when there's a natural blossoming of so much beauty and creativity that's innate within every child. And so as I'm observing our children and now our little community of like-minded unschooling families that we're starting to build up here, I have a lot of grief at all the decades wasted 
chasing after the wrong thing, wasting our energy. So my commitment is actually Chinese New Year. So there's a second chance to, to make a New Year uh, intention. It's like, stop wasting energy on chasing after the, the after effects and focus the energy on creating the root source of all the state of being that we all want. Like, what does our life of abundance and joy and peace and health and well-being look like? And what is the root source of that? Maybe that's where we should be cultivating our energies. So with the kids, um, we play, you know, like blindfold perception within a couple of sessions, people with the kids put on the blindfold kids, like five to nine year olds, they're healthy kids, they eat organic, they don't have too many poisons in their bodies. And so um, first or second session, they're able to just see right through the blindfold, you know, and we got these kids, they're like, Oh, Edith, can you um, now that we can see through the blindfold? Can you help us with the spoon bending and within the first or second try they're able to spend the spoon and it's just like oh my god you know you, you you're so excited at the possibility and it's really showing us how much how powerful we all are if we can come back to that childlike simplicity again I love all that, Dr. E, and and I agree. We aren't being taught and trained in this. And one of the fascinating things that uh, I've considered was uh, Jesus and the Essenes, if that's a true thing. I don't, I don't know for sure. Don't know much for sure, but I think it's definitely plausible. You know, this group of people that knew Jesus was going to come back, and they were, they were a group of people that had this type of training. So what if from, you know, right from birth, you educated on possibility, you took out all the indoctrination because – all of my research has just showed to me anyway and proven to me that our entire system is to limit our capabilities mentally, emotionally, and spiritually stunt everything, our food, our water, our education, our teachers, our media, everything. So what if that all got stopped and then we were cultivated on how powerful we are? And I've always, you know, one of the analogies I bring out there is that I feel like we're dolphins conditioned to believe we are goldfish. And what you're doing with this is, um, you know, bringing that up. Like when I trained with the Shaolin monks, right? They could actually break stone. And like Bear was talking about, it's both sides. It's yin and yang. And that's why with the spiritual passive, that's when you just got too far. Yes, we, we, do, we can tap into this infinite source, but there's going to be elbow grease. And that's what martial arts always taught me. You need both. You can't take away one. Well, if you have all this skill and you've researched how to do a backflip and you've done a backflip on a trans, uh, trampoline millions of times, but if you go to do the backflip and the body knows exactly what to do, but your mind isn't right and you can't believe it and see it and have faith you're going to land it, you are not going to do it. And so now we take that lesson and understanding into building something heart soul centered with the utmost integrity of who you are and what you came here to do and what you want to create at this stage of your being it will automatically be in alignment and, and cooperative and cohesive with the entire environment and we're stopping putting our focus into acquiring things just to acquiring things to get this false sense of security to basically waste time um and things that really don't matter to us and aren't cooperative to anything. That's the whole point. It's got to matter to you. So you guys, this has been amazing. I'll talk to you for 10 hours in a row. I, I deeply <laughs> love and appreciate you both. Um, is there, and, and I'll sit here all day. I know, like I said, Bear's a farmer. He's got work to do. His wife's waiting for him probably. Uh, Dr. E, you know, you do amazing work too. And, and I know you keep busy. So 
is there anything that you guys wanted to talk about or uh, leave some closing statements? And, and please plug away. You know, you should definitely be following uh, Dr. E and her work and what she's putting out and Bear and Mike Winner with the Alpha Cast. You know, follow these people because uh, they're going to be putting out great information and they're going to be connecting you to other amazing people. And so, <clears throat> so there are communities forming of like-minded people. And, you know, what I've been finding is that everybody always feels alone. You know, the people that I coach and they come in, they're like, eh, there's, it's only me and not even my own family. And like, nobody's listening. It's like, unfortunately, unfortunately, it's a, it's a lonely process at first, but you will find community. And I feel like that's one of the deceptions out there, making you feel like you're alone, that there are nobody else, right? If, if you take a powerful being and you make them feel alone, right? And like nobody is out there, then it gets scary, but that is not true. And that's part of the deceptive thing that's going on right oh if you're an anti-vaxxer you're alone and you're ridiculed no that's the mob that's the mob that is not thinking right that's their own thing they're just reacting to groupthink right but you as a strong being you might have to withhold that but that's you earning your stripes that's you earning your shield in like 300 right you have the shield beside because we need to know that you can hold your own right but if I just do it for you, you're not going to get your own education. And a lot of that time, the education is not great. Just like in sports training, Dr. E's training you for a, a triathlon. She's like, go run 10 miles. You're like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, I ran a hundred, but like, you know, this week, but you got to go run the 10. You can't do the work for someone else, unfortunately, but they can give you a path, but they can say, this is possible for you. I promise. And when you get to this skill set, this integrated ability in your being it's going to affect your brain it's going to affect your consciousness it's going to affect your spirituality and you could offer that gift to someone else and so um just uh thank you guys any closing statements or anything that you'd love to uh, cover before we close it out well um I'll, uh, go ahead I wanted to just invite your audience, if you guys are, are interested in exploring some of the practical consciousness training tools, like, like the inner discernment tools, the, the truth meter tools. Um, and also, um, you know, there's a lot of chaotic energies out there, how to harmonize with the energies. And those of you that are content creators, when you post possibly controversial truthful information that might create a ripple of emotions, how to keep your center, how to maintain your field of energy, and how to also just set that intention, for example, before you upload a piece of truthful information that could potentially be controversial, be very intentional cocoon that body of work with a very specific energy so that when you send it out there, it creates the right beneficial ripple so that you're clear that if it draws you controversy, it's not because you put forth mixed energies, but that your intention is very clear, very grounded, very pure, put that out there and then allow life and the universe to possibly bring some controversy in order to assist you to create the impact that is beneficial versus controversy because you put out, you know, mixed energy. So does that make sense? So this is um, this is the level of inner work that I feel like this time is calling forth in all of us. 
So to be really clear in cultivating our own consciousness and yeah, take some elbow grease to actually put things into action. But when you're moving into action, be very clear about the quality of energy you put out there. And also when you have to have a possibly difficult conversation with a friend or family, how do you have maybe a high self to high self conversation first to, to, to clear the energy field first before you then pick up the phone and have that 3D conversation, which does still need to happen, right? That's like hitting the enter button. Like you program the energy field that you hit the enter button to make it a done deal. So the physical action is definitely still critical. But before that, on an energetic consciousness, spiritual levels, like work that out first. What does that look like? So that's been my exploration lately because that feels like a more impactful way to create the beneficial change in the world these days. So I've been teaching some classes. I have a consciousness training class that, that focuses on these things like inner discernment, tuning and, and calibrating your truth meter and how to be very conscious with the energy that we bring. And we play with spoon bending and fun stuff like that too. And on uh, alongside with that, the Luminous Kids program with the kids, exploring sacred geometry, and we do a little qigong, a little energy awareness exercises, and this is what I was talking about earlier. It's like, wow, watching these kids, it seems like I may be the teacher or facilitator, but they're teaching me even more than I'm teaching them most of the time. You know, when I witness how quickly they pick these things up, it's like, wow, what I am just like so blessed to be in the presence of these kids. They're activating something within me, like a deep soul remembrance of the possibility. When I give them a little something like, let's just see what happens with the blindfolds. Let's just see what happens with the spoons. Let's just see what happens if I um, show you sacred geometry. You know, these are five, six year olds and they're drawing with the compass, seed of life, flower of life, Tauruses, like boom, 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 one after another. And they pick it up so fast because it's like encoded in our being, you know? So when I'm in the presence of these kids, it is just pure magic and it's deeply healing to my own soul to be able to do this work. So if this kind of stuff calls you guys, um, get in touch. My website is dredithubuntu.com. There's all the information on that. I love it, Dr. E, and I highly recommend uh, people check it out. And as soon as my daughter's old enough, we'll be joining and participating. And uh, there's a few things we didn't uh, cover in this podcast that I'm going to send out. Uh, one of them is, we'll leave it for another, but have you looked into vortex-based mathematics? And I have a, a game that I designed when I was 21 for kids to develop psychic abilities. So I'll send that to you and see if you can uh, start experimenting. It's so simple. And I'm like, why don't they do this? It's just practice. It's And that's what martial arts is, right? And that's what football and sport is. It's a, it's a container to test your capabilities, right? If you don't jump in the water, you don't know if you can swim or not. Then you get people who have tested it and they've gone in and they've experimented with all these different ways. Then you get to experiment and then you get to make it your own. And so uh, you're creating a powerful container that's not being taught. And I'm like, why are they not talking this? And just like we keep talking about this balanced left brain, right brain, yin yang, um, they're only teaching you the side that can be boxed. Logic can be boxed and controlled, right? But spirit cannot. And that's why we have this inner push that something's not complete. Something's not right because this other side of us is not being cultivated and developed. It's being suppressed by uh, just moving too far in one direction. And I think uh, what you're doing is amazing and beautiful. So I invite everybody to check that out. Dr. Bear. 
Okay, I'll, I'll try to make this quick. Um, vortex mathematics, by the way, that's, I, I love, that's another whole topic. And if you understand vortex mathematics, you'll understand the power of the three times three that Tesla talked about, that Russell talked about. And uh, we talk a lot about it on our podcast. We want to develop it more, but that goes right into the heart of the creative waveform physics. Uh, Dr. Ree, I know I don't have to tell you, but the kids you're working with, uh, we can call them the Indigo kids, whatever label you want to put on them, but they're coming in ready to run. And uh, it's no coincidence that they are coming in, uh, you know, and using you as a conduit for truth. So uh, good on you for that. You're there to help bring in this new generation that is a solution for everything we seek. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch. So I, I think you're doing the most amazing thing possible. Um, shoot, you know, I, I'd say the, the only comment to summarize everything we've talked about is that there's a great uh, tendency with a lot of people these days to feel used and abused. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't blame anybody for feeling that way. But that's really not true at all. Remember, we see everything backwards. That's how we've been trained. We're actually using them. They are creating an experience. They're putting things in motion. And again, just to use the old chalk mentality, you go to the gym, you go to the track because that's where you pick up the resistance. That's where you get strong. That's what this whole thing's about. But we don't need to overstay our welcome, uh, you know, in the school of hard knocks either. You know, that time is over. It's time to get on with what we're really here to do. Um, and the big qualification is when we use them, we're not doing it at anybody's expense. We're just playing the deck of cards we've been played um, or dealt. So, you know, nobody's bad and we make the best out of it. And in fact, we're coming out to be superhuman, which we were all along in the process. So it's not that bad of a deal. Okay, so now I'll get to the infomercial part. Um, we're at uh, alphavedic.com. And uh, in the next coming months, because we're just getting into planting season right now, we're greatly expanding our uh, growing operations. We're putting up our lab where we're going to be doing, you know, a lot of our lab work. Uh, we'll be teaching people how to do spagyric formulations. We're going to have growing classes. We Next weekend, we have a pruning class here, you know, so there'll be a little crowd. We're going to start creating a lot of film content with what we're doing here so people can keep up with our progress. Uh, we're I'm going to be teaching doctor practitioner uh, kind of trainings, both online and on site here in the very near future. Um, just, just a lot of good things. Um, I'll be a feature speaker at the um, Anarcha Poco that's coming up, uh, I guess, in a few weeks. Uh, I'll be, I think they told me I'm sandwiched between Del Bigtree and Dr. Kaufman. So unfortunately, I will be talking about bugs again. <laughs> But I'm gonna to try to sneak in some other stuff, you know, at the same time, and you know, make it a little more interesting. Um, yeah, so just great things, and I'm so glad that uh, I got drug out into this stuff because otherwise, I never would have met you guys, and you know, you, you're lifelong friends, and you know, you've always got a home here. So thanks again, Matt. Thanks, Edith. Love you guys a lot, and it's been fun. I've come talk to you anytime. 
Ah, uh, well, thanks, Bear. Thanks, Dr. E. I appreciate and love you both. And uh, yeah, it's funny. I remember listening to you and uh, uh, Dr. Kaufman and all the just amazing people that have come out to stand up for truth and freedom. And I think the first thing you said is like, uh, you've been getting into a lot of trouble, young man. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you talking to Kaufman about the bugs and stuff. But, you know, we're all in this together. And um, I think like Dr. E said, we're moving toward win-win scenarios. And everybody who is committing and intending on that is cultivating together. And we are powerful beings in ourselves. And together, we can literally create any scenario we want. So part of this transition is going from victim, kind of like you said, because it, it is like that. You're like, you son of a gun. Yeah, I didn't know McDonald's was killing me. Then it's like, wait, you're doing this to seeds? Wait, you're doing this to education? Wait, you're hypnotizing me this way? Darn it. So you're going to be immediately angry. Um, and that's fine, but we're, we're going through this process quickly, kind of, you know what I mean? And so, okay, then take your power back, then get the clean food, then find the people who are doing the solutions, then integrate it. And just like the person who's very, you know, overweight and unhealthy, do the things, get that body in alignment, get the mind, body, spirit in alignment, then other people are going to be drawn to you. And so because this is kind of like the first wave, you need to be that example. So it's a bit tougher, um, but if you're called to do it, you can do it. And the system out there is incredibly supportive. Everybody is cheering you on. You have so much more support. If you feel like you were alone, it just isn't true. You just kind of have to go through it on your own, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like the journey, like nobody can do the... Uh, workout for you. Nobody can clean up your mind and, and, and get rid of all that Facebook nonsense, new, you know, the mental nutrients. Nobody can do that for you. You got to make that choice. And people like Dr. Bear and Dr. E are out there. And you're going to find your own people that you resonate with that is going to get you to the next step. And then you take the action that, that you feel in your heart and then the next one and the next one. And over three months, six months, a year, you'll be a totally different person. And it's a whole different perspective on how you navigate life. It's a whole different value set, perception, um, and an intention. And that's a very beautiful experience and it's accessible to anybody. Um, so I just appreciate both of you guys. Uh, you know, I love you both. So, uh, thank you for coming on the show and I look forward to, you know, doing this again. I'm sure we will. And, and, uh, that's it. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you so much, Dr. Bear. I love and appreciate you guys so much. This was like, this conversation was total nourishment for the soul. Thank you. Uh, I did it. I did. I needed it for me too. I'm pretty sure that I did this when I was like super depressed, like in the rabbit hole. I was like, I need people are going to cheer me up. So it worked. It worked greatly. Love you guys and uh, have an amazing day. Thanks for watching. Bye. Bye.